Good afternoon, everyone. Hello, hello, hello. Hello, Matthew. How's your fake hello. background? It's great. My <laughs> fake background's amazing. Don't, don't put my arm up because I go through the green screen. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> like, fall, fall backwards into it. Oh, dear. My door, <laughs> the ghostly door is opened, just randomly opens um on its own so yeah that's not a normally i have it blurred out but we've been doing some redecorating so literally um i yeah it doesn't it doesn't look like a a pigsty in here today with like loads of random del boy boxes all over the place so it's loads of stuff strategically placed around me uh at the moment if i were to uh look at things don't, don't differently they move the camera then oh, yeah I'm, on. I can't wave my arms around too much and move the camera. <laughs> right, let's just have a look, see who's joined us. So, hi, hi, put my teeth back in. Hello, everyone, how's it going? Let us know how you're doing. Oh, who's joined us from the Maldives? Who's in the Maldives? What are you doing? Someone, who is that? Leave, leave <laughs> immediately. We do yeah, not want out. to talk to you. Get <laughs> out. It's like grey. It's miserable. Exactly. Although <laughs> I, I really do. I've, I've got to see who that is. Who's joined us in the Maldives? Oh, it's Ash. Hi, Ash. Hope you're well. Right. Which one? Which one am I on? Let's just have a quick look. So that's Amazon entrepreneurs. Uh, I have to make sure I, I go into the right group for the right comments. Hi, everyone. We've got Claire. Who else has joined us? I suspect that's Phil as well. Um, hello, everyone. Uh, let me just jump into. I was fanning around with the charger. Um, oh, that's fun, why yeah. I haven't. I just realized we're on the we're on the wrong side as well. Are you going to be all right with this? On the wrong screen um, side. Yeah. Wanted to change. Yeah. <laughs> in a way, no, I'll be all one right. Side I'll be all bed, right. isn't it? You've got your own side, and you shouldn't switch. <clears throat> Yeah, exactly. What's the weather like in the Maldives? I I imagine it's quite changeable actually in the Maldives. Just like uh, trying to keep myself. But... So temperature wise, it doesn't change. Um, so you're probably looking between 28 and 33 is your temperature. Um, they don't have seasons in the Maldives either. They just have more rain and less rain. So oh. it doesn't. It's very stick because it's on the equator. It's a very stable climate. Um, yeah. So you just have the rainy season and sort of. The, the peak season the dry season there's no actual seasons there there's no real change in temperature and also it doesn't change you know how in most countries at night it will go colder no it's basically mm -hmm. it'll be like 33 in the day and 29 at night the temperature is very it's very static so yeah it's a very there nice place it's a very nice place to go on a holiday <laughs> exactly when, when i said changeable what i actually meant was i imagine <clears throat> one minute it could be rain next minute it's like beautiful sun yes 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 when yeah when when the rain comes in it comes in really hard really fast and then it's as gone as fast as it's come in and it's always funny because yeah I've, I've been yeah we went we went in yeah, june a few years ago it's amazing um it's really funny because all the tourists sort of just sit there on the sun lounges and you see all the staff sort of just like running around picking up tables and you're like what on earth are they doing and then within 30 seconds, you just see this big black rain cloud come in because they're obviously so used to this. They can, like, sense when it's coming. And they're, like, pulling all the drinks in, telling everyone to come inside. And all the tourists are like, nah, it's fine. And within 30 it's seconds, fine. everybody's running in, piling in. 
Yeah, no, exactly. The same thing happens in Florida because you you have to be a weather nut to live in Florida because again, it's so changeable. And you know, they they close a ride in Disney like thirty minutes before, and everyone's and it's like blazing sun. They're like, oh, we've got incoming yeah. lightning. And I'm like, no, you haven't. Don't tell lies. And thirty <laughs> minutes later, the lightning comes in. Definitely. Uh, hi, Rachel. Hi, Chris. Uh, we've got uh, Edward or Edward, uh, I think uh, Redwan. Uh, Claire, Jay, Phil. Hi, everyone. Welcome. Sorry, we were chit-chatting about holidays beforehand. So how is everyone? How's it going? I mean, clearly Ash is having the best day um, in the Maldives. We don't need uh, a competition for telling us who's who's doing the best right now. Uh, you definitely win, Ash. Um, hi, Rosie. Just joined us afternoon. Lovely lady. Um, so, yeah, how's it going for everyone? I mean, last week we spoke about, oh, never mind the buy box, well, actually, it was our one last week. I, no, I think we were talking about it on the Hive, actually. Mm. We're sort of seeing this kind of pattern at the moment where things have been a bit quiet over the last few weeks. But last week should have been a little bit of a turning point. I'm not talking going from zero to 100. But you should have seen the tide turning a little bit in terms of sales starting to pick back up. Everybody's over the summer. It's raining. It's windy outside. Kids are firmly back at school. We've got over the weird September heat wave that was maybe yes. putting people off a little bit. It was messing with my head totally. You know, me thinking summer was over, but it was still here. And actually, I think there's a little bit of uh, summer that's still around over the next couple of weeks. But yeah, I believe definitely... so. in September, it's supposed to be warm, isn't it, again? Supposedly. Yeah, I think we're going to have another little, you know, resurgence yeah. of, um, you know, of, of weather coming back in. So it's a bit weird at the moment, but wholly and ultimately nothing that's going to affect sales too dramatically moving forward now. We should be in a, a period of stability and, uh, you know, definitely from the guys in the hive. We are, uh, you know, we that's reflective. And, and Matt and I were talking in the Hive last week, actually, and we were saying that we think this is going to be really the first proper year post-Brexit, uh, Brexit, sorry, post-COVID, post-Brexit yeah. of, um, of getting back to normal and predicting some of the patterns that we can usually expect. Uh, yeah. for e-commerce that both Matt and I have experienced for a number of years, obviously, before those two major occurrences had an impact on everything. So, you know, let us know in the comments, is that what you're experiencing too? Not talking about people having massive increases in sales, but better than it was. You know, are you a little bit in the green overall, um, you know, compared to where you were this time last week and the week before, etc. That's what we're sort of looking for a little bit now. But obviously, individual circumstances, you might be in a position where you might be clearing stock. You, you well, let's talk about this, you know, first of all, yeah. actually, because <clears throat> stock and arriving of stock is a pain in the backside at the moment. I have never known it so busy for receiving of stock both in yes. the UK and the US at the moment for at least three or four years. So this is what we're talking about, you know, why things are, this has always been the busy time for receiving stock, but it kind of got a little bit forgotten over that period of time because there was extra staff and, you know, there was lack of supply. So therefore there wasn't the amount of goods that were going in. So, yeah. 
yeah, what what are your thoughts on that, Matt? Because it's a right pain in the ass at the moment. With it is a right pain in the ass. Yeah, there's there's a couple of things. I mean, um, I don't know if anyone else has had a load of stock back recently because I know Amazon's just done an aged inventory removal. Um, mm -hmm. So you may well be trying to focus on clearing stock because Amazon anything over the past sort of 365 days um, that you've been in, in Amazon's warehouse over 365 days, Amazon has sent back to you probably or given you a large storage charge if it's been in over a year. Um, we've had about 3,000 pieces of stock back. So that's um, certainly a new challenge for us going forward is managing the stock better and make, making sure it's gone um, within that time frame. And yeah, back to what you were saying about um, receiving, it's very slow. Um, we seem to be having a lot of discrepancies and then Amazon in in their politeness sent an email today saying, we've noticed you've had a lot of discrepancies in your shipments. Um, please visit the seller university to learn how to send a box. And I'm like, but it's you that can't count. You're, you're, you're the one that's losing our inventory, not us. So that was, yeah. really was a bit, you know, I really took that quite offensively, to be honest. It was a very patronizing type email. It was like, I've been doing this 10 years. I know how to ship a box. We're having all these discrepancies all very suddenly, yet it's us that's the problem and not you. Mm. Mm -hmm. But anyway, so yes, yeah, so was did, that did not go down very well received today. I, I do yeah. feel you Amazon this week, to be fair. I feel like if, if Amazon tried anything on with you this week, that if um, if like Jeff was going to jump on a call with you, you would give him a right good rollicking. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, sure. We, we, we all have stages like that in our business and to try and pretend otherwise uh, you know, would be, you know, completely disingenuous. You know, this is what you TikTok gurus, you know, don't tell you the real stuff about what goes on inside Amazon and how it can impact on your business. It's not just going down B&Ms and flipping a can of baked beans, you know, uh, that, you know, as fun as that is, um, note the sarcasm in my voice, uh, you know, <laughs> It, this these are the real challenges that we're talking yeah. about here and stock going in and slowing and discrepancies in stock you know if you've got 100 units going in and amazon lose three of them and don't reimburse them you know that's three percent of your stock that you've either got you've got to recover through margin in a different area uh, then you might have another 5% that might get returned through refund that you might not be entitled to. Yeah. Um, you know, it, this is why um, it's such a changeable thing to be able to have, you know, to be able to, to know where your stock is at, at any one point and to be able to monitor it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and there's, in terms of monitoring, that's one of the most important things really in the business, isn't it? Because you can be, you know, it's like you say about the gurus, you know, send stuff in. Oh, it's all great. It's all rosy. But you could be losing thousands of pounds if you're not keeping an eye on your stock and you're not you're not tracking stuff that's going in, missing units, one here, one there. Stuff that's not coming back from customers. So that is mm -hmm. a really, really important part of the business for sure. I think, you know, uh, we, again, uh, someone mentioned on it about I think it was in this group, actually, when they said it was it was a slightly different subject. But should we bother doing this at this level in the business? You know, and it was like a generalistic kind of comment. And I think you have to bother with everything. You have to appeal everything. You have to challenge yeah. everything because what will happen is you will get the compounding effect of yeah. loss in your business and your business can absorb a certain amount. Of course it can. Yes. When you've been running business for, you know, three years plus, then yes, you can absorb it. But then at the same time, if you're not chasing up and putting the right procedures in place to follow up on one unit, what happens when they use, lose a hundred units? Yes. 
and, and that's it. If you don't get the groundwork right at the beginning, as your business grows, the problem grows. So everything you don't get right in the beginning, um, you know, is a problem that's going to be exemplified by, you know, you sell 10 times a product, you're going to lose 10 times the stock. Um, so that, that you know, £100 loss then becomes £1,000. £1,000 becomes £10,000. Where do you draw the line? Um, so, yeah, and I think this is one of the best things that we teach in the Hive, really, is and through, you know, we can offer through experience is getting these things set up at the beginning, you know, when you're small, when it's not an issue, because let me tell you from experience, trying to put these systems in place later on is a nightmare when you've got staff that you've got to pay, you've got, you know, you've got all these systems and, and your business is moving, you want to keep buying stock and all the rest of it. The last thing you want is to then have to go in and, and make changes to the business and, and try to fix big problems that, that should have been right from the beginning. Like I say, if you if you don't get something right from the beginning, you grow and grow and grow. That little problem becomes a massive problem. Yeah, absolutely. So don't allow that to become a negative compounding effect in your business. We talk about compounding all the time. I'm going to talk about it massively in the hive tonight. I feel like someone needs to put a we need to put a hive buzzword on because, like, I felt we've said it about 20 odd times in yeah. the first 10 minutes of this. But I'm going to talk about compounding is so important in your business, but it works both ways. It can work negatively, and it could, well, most importantly, you want it to work positively, but it can work negatively as well. So always take that into account for sure. Uh, Claire said, I had a removal order of 88 items. Sent in 88 parcels. Thanks, Amazon. <laughs> I know. What are they like? We've got three and a half thousand pieces coming back, so I have no idea how they're going to come back. I'm hoping they're going to come on a pallet, but they're probably going to come in like three, two to three a box. I kid you not, once we had a big removal order, and I, I can't remember if it was like a um, unfulfillable or a, was it the, um, know, a the yeah, I was going to say it's a few years ago when they did the um the metrics. It was like about yeah, there was there was something, and yeah, we had about five containers. Gone now, but yeah, these, yeah, we had they, about they how much you could have in in your storage. Yeah, it was probably something like that, and we had about five hundred units come back to us, and we actually had a pallet scheduled back to us, and we were thinking, oh my god, finally, Amazon have you know they've got it right. We've got a pallet coming back. It's gonna there was one box on the pallet. <laughs> There was one box on the pallet. It was ridiculous. So, yeah, Amazon are just ridiculous, you know. Um, some of the decisions in that in that business. But, again, you know what? I was just – that's a perfect example um, of literally when your business gets so big, there's certain things you can absorb. And they can – yeah. in their business, they can absorb sending 88 parcels. Is it good for the environment? No, if you believe in climate change and, and everything like that. Is it good for this? Is it good for that? No. Is it good for your business? No, but they can absorb that in their business. And there are mm -hmm. things you can absorb, but not certainly when you're starting out. Um, Cindy says, my daughter is looking for a part-time job. Maybe I should send her into Amazon fulfillment as a e-com spy. Yeah. <laughs> I still want hey, to do a fulfillment tour. I've not done say, it yet. Yeah, I was about to say, if anyone, if anyone isn't aware, you can do a fulfillment center tour um it's only certain ones i went to staffordshire it was really good actually um really really worthwhile doing so if you get a chance yes, just, well, just get yourself and i still haven't done it so i, I need to <laughs> no excuse out. you don't even have to leave bournemouth there's no excuse well do you know what it's, it's funnily enough we talk i do live in bournemouth but here's here's the funny thing i live in bournemouth by a road that's how close to paul i live <laughs> 
I actually live closer to Paul. Right. Uh, so if I was in the road next to us, I would be in Bournemouth. Uh, I I would be in Paul. That's yeah. how how much in Bournemouth I am. Um, so yeah, interesting fact. Um, so Jonathan has asked: Is there changes to unfillable, 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 unfillable inventory? We don't get them back. Question mark. Yes, yes. There's a few changes. Um... So the changes were implemented last year, but they've come into effect this year. So every September, um, in the middle of September, in order to make space for Q4 inventory, if you have things that are either unfulfillable or have had no sales in the past six months or have been in Amazon for 365 days, you have three options. You can have them disposed of, which I actually think is the default option. So please check your Amazon fulfillment settings because I think yes. the default is now disposed, not returned. You can have them returned. Obviously, they will send them back to you. It's about 20, 30p a unit now, I think. Not not 100% at the moment, about 30p a unit. Or um, you can have them to be stored. And this isn't from, so if it's age inventory, you can have them stored, but you'll get additional long-term storage fees, which are pretty astronomical. So you want to double check that that is, that is the right thing to do. So the, um, Yeah, long-term storage fees are be... ridiculous. Yeah. It's, it's almost worse than leaving a balance on capital, capital on tap. It's like they <laughs> yeah. are horrendous yeah. at that point. Yeah. I, I feel like I, I'm, I'm going to get the figures up, but I, is it something like 150 a square meter or something? Um, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Uh, it's one of those things. I'm almost like, don't tell people because it's yeah. like if you, I just don't want to encourage uh, anyone to be leaving stock in past that long-term storage fee thing. So um, yes, you you can get them back, uh, Jonathan. But I think it's more a case of you need to change your settings and put in. You, you can have them come back to your prep center personally. I think, depending on what level you are in your business, I would maybe have them coming back personally to you so you don't have to, you know, bypass them to a prep center and you can look to sell them, either check them, send them back into Amazon so you've got enough to yeah. be able to send back in. Because in my experience, unfulfillable doesn't mean unfulfillable necessarily. It's, you know, it's, it's subjective and you might be able to, you know, fix it up and send it back in or you might be able to um but i would always have unfulfillable you know any type of returns coming back to you anyway because uh at the end of the day you do not know what condition and i think it's a big cause of inauthentic claims and refunds and complaints when people don't have returns when people have yeah. returned stock going back into stock yes absolutely um, I mean, there is a thing, I don't know if you're aware, called the Grade and Resale Program. Uh, operating, uh, definitely operates in Europe. I'm not sure if, I presume it operates in America. Um, we've got it enabled for Germany, Spain, Italy, and the UK, where Amazon will charge you a small fee, and they will grade your products, they will retape them, they will reseal them, and they will resell them at an automatic discount percentage that you sell. So for your, it depends on the return reason. So if, I'm, if the customer says, um, you know, customer damaged or unwanted. And um, if it's marked as defective, even if it isn't actually defective, the customer's just had defective to get free return, it won't be eligible for grade and resale. But for customer damaged items, it may well be worth looking at that because um, yeah. some certain categories, such as the ones we sell in, have a very high return rate. Um, and yeah. about 20, 30% of our stock gets resold on grade and resale when we don't have to touch it. So may well be worth looking at. I think, you know, guys, if you've got toys, electronics, those kind of categories, 
um they're probably well worth worth looking at as well um another thing on 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 the inventory side as well um if you've got very low value inventory it is well worth considering if it's actually worth pulling that back and or just having it disposed yeah. of or offering returnless refunds you know i know people think oh i don't want the customer to get away with free products and all this kind of stuff which i totally get but at the end of the day you may well be costing yourself more money um if you, you know if you're selling eight pound items for example that cost you say one or two pounds uh, a customer wants to return it maybe just offer them a returnless refund um actually it will cost your business less money in terms of storage charges because even if you get the stock back you're either going to have to pay somebody or use your own time to work that stock so mm-hmm. what's the opportunity cost of that time you know it could well be that you're actually losing more money by not offering returnless refunds than you are you know getting the stock back and also you um it can be put as a loss in your business yeah. You know, have a spreadsheet for everything that gets written off or that doesn't come back to you that you do not get a reimbursement for. You can offset that against your corporation taxes, you know, in your business. Um, losses go against that so you don't have to get paid. So it's it's one of those bigger business thoughts, uh, which I appreciate yeah. if you are in the first year of your business, you don't tend to think like that. You think about the impact that it has on your pocket uh individually right now but the longer that you are in business the more you disassociate yourself with your business and you know things like if i i mean don't get me wrong i was on one yesterday you know had a really high level of refunds yesterday and it just literally wiped out the profit for the day pretty much in one of the one of the streams in the business and i was really annoyed but then i sort of had to check myself because at the end of the day, it's one day out of 365. And, mm. you know, when you've been in business with it, the, as long as we have, you just can't look at it on a day-by-day basis. You use it as an indicator to see if there's, you know, as, as, as markers, as benchmarks to see if things are going well, things are going, you know, wrong. And, you know, it's caused us to look at certain products. Is there a reason why they're getting re- refunded? In this case, it was a really high... Um, um undeliverable shipping address which in this was in the u.s so which is um you get more of that in the u.s than you get in the uk because obviously it's a much vaster uh geographical area um so you get more of that than you do in the uk i just think we're better up set up for like we've got a, a high percentage in the uk of people working from home you know leave it with a neighbor uh you know the couriers are used to leaving um whereas in the us i don't think they do it as much so that's why we get a higher return rate for those type of products but yeah you have to think there does i'm not saying doing it from day one because you can't do it from day one because it's not practical but there does come a point within a shift within your business when you do start thinking about bigger business bigger business decisions and like matt has quite rightly said if it's going to be more ag to send it back, as long as it can be used as an offset of a loss against your business and your business is making profit, i.e. it's going to pay corporation tax, think about it from a big business point of view. Make a big business decision. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it's the big word here is opportunity cost. And this is what people, you know, they you obviously want to recover as much money from your business as you can. You want to make as much profit as you can which generally mm-hmm. means, you know, you want to cut costs as much as you can. But what is the opportunity cost of dealing with those returns? You know, if you've got very low value items, you've got very little recovery on, 
and you're spending two days a week sorting returns every month, how much more could you make by creating a new bundle, sourcing new products, creating, you know, going to meet new clients and, and creating new brand partnerships? You could be losing thousands, maybe millions of pounds a year because you're wasting your time trying to get 30p out of an item that costs you a quid. You know, so yeah. it's it's very much about the opportunity cost, and that's where the, the big the bigger thing is. In our business, we have a hundred pound minimum. So if an item's not worth a hundred pounds, or there's not a hundred pounds worth of an item, it goes straight into into auction or into the bin. That's the truth, and it's a it's a catastrophic waste. I understand that, but the opportunity cost of me employing somebody for the best part of a hundred pound a day with all the payroll costs to sort through, say, an item that cost me a pound that's worth nine pound that I'm probably going to be able to resell for three pounds. It doesn't make any economic sense to me at all. It's more cost effective for me to put them in the skip and have them, have them taken away. Um, yeah, just absolutely. back to the storage fees as well. I've got the figures up here. So for comparison, so Amazon charge you um, 90p per square uh, square foot Hook, for standard yeah. inventory uh, for 331 to 365, so that's up to 365 days. If it's over a year, that rises to £4.30 per square foot. So nearly five times the cost of storage um, if you wow. go over that 365-day mark. So, yeah, you want to be getting that inventory back, really, and, and looking yeah. at or it. But this is, again, the proactive nature. You want to be proactive in reducing the prices and getting rid of it. Yeah, definitely. You don't want to be on day uh, 364. You don't want to be like stock dump, stock dump. You know, <laughs> at that point, if you haven't dumped it by then, you're going to get charged. Uh, it's as simple as that. Um, so Chris says it's, you know, let's pick up on that. I know what you said about skipping. Um, yeah. You know, it's awful that you skip it uh, when there's nothing wrong with them. I get the financial, but some things are more important. Yeah, well, that what's the solution do you know what i mean what is the solution i i, I get oh, probably like is donation it... i think or uh, i think that maybe is what chris yeah is yeah 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 i think it depends on the context um yes we we do donate products don't get me wrong we do donate product um we don't skip a lot of it it's not like we skip tons and tons of it um but so what i'm saying is in terms of we, we usually put it into pallets and send it to public auction in, in in big pallet loads what i mean when i say i get rid of it effectively we write it off and we get rid of it out of the business so we will give it away we will put it into pallets to send to public auction um and, and unfortunately some of it if it's broken as well we will go it's in the bin yeah. you know I'm, I'm not i don't send perfectly good stock to to the skip but you know if i've got an item worth 10 pounds a toy and it's missing it's missing a key component what do I do with it? It's useless. It's it's scrap, really, isn't it? So it does end up in the bin. And I, I get it's a, you know, I hate waste. We recycle as much as we can, cardboard wise and everything. But unfortunately, the the real thing I think should be the customer shouldn't be allowed to just um, the law that is very much in the customer's favor. It very much angers me that people can just buy stuff and carelessly trash it and send it back. That was really what needs to change. There needs to be responsibility on consumers to go. Do I want this? Am I going to use it? Am I going to look after it? Not just give it to my kid. He's going to break it in 30 seconds and then send it back. And it's my problem to deal with. But yeah, yeah you know. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I agree. It's, uh, you know, it's like uh, the whole thing about uh, I'm not going to get into climate change or the environment. Or yeah, yeah. Things. Yes, we can all make our own small changes and things like that. But it's the top of the tree that needs to change, um, you know, and 
the more than than anything else yes we can all do our bit and we all do our bit of course we do but um that it, it's the system that that's kind of broken essentially and and amazon i personally think should be held way more accountable mm. than they are for their return system in the way like what um claire was talking about earlier in terms of 88 items to return 88 different removals and that's what i mean it's it's the big business that really does need to have and be held accountable and responsible because if they were held accountable we would all fall into line super quick we'd have to it's it's as simple yeah. as that um so yeah i totally get what you're saying and uh you know it's 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 one of those crappy situations obviously so you just need to do what you can to absorb um like i've got six i've got six ikea bags worth going down to charity today um as mm. matt's off in the business he you know after his op he can be uh, he can be useful so clearing out the warehouse time and they're all going down to julia's house uh you know yeah. auction an auction julia's house I mean, the, the charity thing as well. Um, again, we've tried to donate to charity and they've rejected it. And they're really um, difficult. This is the thing. I know people say, oh, just donate it. But a lot of charities are just like, we don't want it. You know, unless it's like bric-a-brac as in clothes and stuff. Like, for example, we had a load of, um, I, you know, the old iPhone, the like 30 pin ones. We, they came in as part of a big lot, right, out of a warehouse clearance. We had two and a half thousand of these cables what do I do with them? In the end, they did, they went, they went to recycle to be recycled because I tried to do charity. Do you want to sell, do you want them? Sell them. Maybe you'll get a pound. No, we don't want them. They're not, not, of, not of interest to us. Yeah. Tried to sell them an auction. Yeah. Nobody really wanted them. And I was just like, what, what, what do I do with this product? You know, it's completely obsolete. And what do I do? Yeah, exactly. And what's a real shame. And this is, and I've talked about this before as well. I mean, it doesn't stop us, but it's little things like, you know, in a supermarket where they have the, um, the goods, obviously, that go mm. to food banks and things like that. How easy would it be for us to walk in with a load of stuff? put it in there and leave but you're not allowed to take it in it's only okay. it's only goods bought from the supermarket that can be put in those and then if you try and turn up at a food bank with food see how far you get uh with donate with you know donating it and things like that you normally have to make an appointment um and then they only want certain things and i'm not saying beggars should be choosers that's not what i mean but at the end of the day, it's the system. The system needs to be a little bit awkward. So we personally, over the years, have worked out which ones are drop and go, uh, essentially. Now, it wouldn't be my choice to take six bags down to, uh, you know, a certain place. I'd love the the thought that I could distribute the toys to such and such and the food would go here and, you know, this would go there. But the system doesn't allow you, uh, unfortunately, to be able to do it. So all we can do is 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 what we can to a certain extent um let's just have a quick look simon says the return thing just isn't amazon people have got into buying two or three of the same thing different sizes and send that too bad they yeah. don't fit i agree i agree I if they put a cost of returns on it then yeah. let's see what, what would happen yeah i and this no. is for me my business it, i would rather sell 30 percent less and have and have less returns you know it's it's not it's a bit of a misconception from Amazon. I think that if if we make the returns really easy, we'll sell more products. But then you get all this wastage back. So are you actually making any more money? I don't I don't make any more money by Amazon's policy. I make less money. 
I would far rather I sell even half the amount I do and have no returns because it would make my business 10 times better. But unfortunately, I, I can't because I have to do what Amazon does. Um, and the same the problem is, is the rules are getting online trading. You know, it's the customer has the right to inspect a product so they can buy a brand new product, open it up, rip all the packaging, trash it and send it back. And then it's basically, unless it's a high value good, it's worthless. You know, it's literally worthless. There's nothing wrong with it, but they're, they're worthless. If you know something 10 pound yeah. brand new, nobody, nobody is going to be able to financially make it work to be able to reprocess it, repackage it and resell it for, for five pounds. It doesn't make any economic sense. No. See, where there's chargeable returns, I'm really cautious. Uh, Debbie said H&M have announced returns will be charged today. I think you're going to yeah, see good. more of this now. Good. Good, good, Amazon, good. Will never Amazon will never do it. But they might do. They might do because they I know might. Amazon is very much on a profit, profit footing at the moment. They are very difficult to get money out of. Fees are going up. So maybe from a profit point of view, um, Amazon may well do that when they've squeezed all the sellers and there's not a lot else they can do to make more profit for the shareholders. They might, and if mm -hmm. everybody else does it, you know, they may well think, well, actually, we can get away with doing this as well. I'm gonna disagree with you on that okay. because I think Amazon will want to be able to stay far ahead of the competition. They've got some competition coming. Uh, over the next couple of years in a few different platforms that I think are really going to challenge them, TikTok being one of them. It's not going to challenge them right now, but I think it's going to challenge them in the next few years. So I think they will want to stay disconnected from the competition as much as possible. They will want to be the most uh, attractive because that market share, as wide as that gap is and as many years that it would take to breach that to bridge the gap, I think for the first time ever, if... I wouldn't be surprised if some of the conversations in Amazon are, okay, we need to start thinking about what the competition is doing now and staying ahead of that. Yeah. But then also yeah. I think someone like H&M, you know, uh, New Look, you know, Sheen, people like that, they also know their worth in the market as well. So, and I, I'm a big fan of that. I always remember it with um, prep cent what I call prep center wars. Um, so uh, I've told this story a million times before, but hopefully you understand what I mean by this. So prep center wars, what it was when we originally opened our prep center X amount of years ago, I can't remember how many years, there weren't really many prep centers around at the time. And obviously being, you know, sort of an influencer in the market and people knew that we had a prep center, everyone then all of a sudden thought it was an easy thing to do to open a prep center and how to take the business out of the existing prep centers. They came in at lower prices. Um, and what happened, it became price tanking on prep centers, essentially, where if someone would charge 70p for a unit, the next one coming out would charge 60p and so on and so forth. So it eventually undercut them down to a business. But then what happened, a few of the prep centers, uh, namely some of the ones that are still around today that are doing the big business, turned around and said, Do you know what? We know our worth. We know our value. We know that we offer good service, good value for money. We are not going to participate in this. And they stepped away uh, yeah. from, you know, prep center wars, 
pricing wars, essentially. And they're the people that are still in business now, um, you know, because they're the ones that are still operating because they they didn't, you know, get involved in that. They probably did at the start, but then they said, no, we're not going to do that anymore. And that's probably what someone like someone like H&M have done. They said, look, we produce really good value clothing for the price that we sell it. And it's proper cheap as well. If you want cheap clothing at this price, we cannot have a, you know, refund list, uh, yeah. sorry, a uh, a free refund system anymore. So that's probably going to, you know, what's going to happen a lot. Well, I think Primark's obviously never had an online offering. And I think that was part of the reason. I think well, I that is the reason why Primark's never had an online offering. I know they're doing click and collect now, but that's basically, yeah. you know, same thing as going into a shop really, isn't it? It's just picked for you. Exactly. Uh, let's just have a quick look at some t uh, comments. Uh, this is going way back to what Chris said about uh, notepad for the tour to steal ideas. You're not allowed yes. to take anything in with you. They're like super. Although I do remember like Emma Hamilton once filmed it like on the sly, like filmed it. On, yeah, you can't on, film it. You can't take pictures. And you... I think yeah. a notepad's okay. You can take a notepad in. I don't think they're going like, to Yeah. Didn't she have like a GoPro on her or something like that? Yeah, was, you're like, not allowed to film it. <laughs> Yeah. But yeah, she, she, I don't know. I think it's probably a bit more stringent now anyway. Um, so just going back to Yo with what we're saying, how can we solve uh, vendor returns in the US? Amazon marks all customer returns like this. I think this is what we're going back, like undeliverable shipping address, anything that enables a, um, a free return. Um, can't remove them to check if they're really damaged. What what I find about Amazon customers is they love a good porky when it comes mm. to um, you know returning stuff, and it's why, especially when you've got private label products or you've got your own products, you can't take too much from voice of the customer. You can a certain extent, but you've almost got to take it with a little pinch of salt because they're bait. The majority of the customers for returns and refunds are trying to do it so they don't have to pay to return the item, which actually Amazon doesn't actually offer free returns. It's, you know, for I know it does for certain categories and things like that. But if you choose to buy the product and you want to send it back, uh, other than you just didn't want it or, or whatever, you are supposed to pay for a return. But of course, people tell porky pies and they say, <laughs> oh, um, you know, it's damaged. It's this, it's that. So, yeah. I, yo, I understand what you're saying. When you're not physically in that country, how can you actually check if they are unfulfillable or not? And the simple answer is, if you're not in that country, you need to make an arrangement with someone that can either check it for you. So I have them removed to a local prep center. I, and when I say local, I mean one in the U.S., um, yeah. because you don't know they'll be from all like different different places um, you could do that you could um, ask in Facebook groups you could network to see if there is anyone like uh, an eBay seller that is local uh, to the US that you could have the good ship back to you for uh, they can check them and then they can either package them up and send them back to you that's an op that that's an option or sell them on a different marketplace, or again, uh, build up enough of box to send back into Amazon. You know, uh, obviously the prep center is is probably going to be the most obvious one to be able to check, um, but it is one of the caveats of of working and selling in a country that you do not live in. And one of those is having good enough margins to be able to absorb and and 
an understanding of expectation that you are unfortunately are not going to have the same level of impact on what you could do based in the country that you reside in and that you're selling in so um and you can't expect a prep center to check them in the way that you would probably check them unless you're prepared to pay you know quite a lot for that particular service so you know if they have a grading service i mean people used to do that with like used books and things right yeah, they used to have yeah. like a grading service maybe that you know if they would be happy to do that it depends on the yeah. volume of sale and and the prices this this is this is the clincher here the getting it back's the easy part it's the processing it that costs the money and and the processing may well you know again if if you've got a thousand pound laptop you know it's fine it makes sense to process it you know a lot of our tech stuff is worth doing if you've got very low value items you you know cost a pound cost one pound twenty five for someone to process it so you cost now two pound twenty five and you've got to sell it used this is this is the real challenge for e commerce um in this low value sector um I don't know what your goods are you know hopefully they they do make economic sense to to, to try and to try and refurbish and resell. But yeah, that's what where I think a lot of people struggle. So what we have um, for being based in the US, uh, sorry, based in the UK and selling in the US, we cover all different bases. So I have a, a personal person that we send goods to that can resell on different platforms. But also um, we have a prep center that we have different um, agreements with. So if there are certain types of products like beauty products, small and light products, what we do is we wait until we've got enough in a box and we have it shipped back to us. For a couple of reasons. One, if they're nice products like Charlotte Tilbury or Mac or things like that, I might have them myself. Um, you know, <laughs> because I'm and you know, they're not skanky and haven't been half used or anything like that. <laughs> you know, it saves me not buying it and it's a cost that I can absorb as a loss in the business, obviously. So, you know, that that's one area. Another reason is having products like that sent back to you, well you know, gifts for people, Christmas, birthday presents. Mm -hmm. I've always talked about this. It's one of the things that people don't talk about. You can really utilize this business to help you stop paying out money in your pocket as well. Not only the money that it makes you, like I said, you look like an incredibly generous person because you give people all these valuable, you know, expensive gifts that ordinarily you wouldn't. So everyone thinks you're amazing. Uh, so, you know, that's another element why we have some products sent back to us. But the prep center will also look at the products and we do pay a pretty, pretty penny for this. They will look at certain types of products. They will regrade them and they well, not regrade them. Sorry, not grade them. They will relook at them. Is it acceptable to go back into Amazon? Yes, they're put aside, boxes put up and it can be shipped back into Amazon. So we cover a lot of different bases um, for that. But there is ultimately also... Um, there is probably at least 25% of stuff that, again, disposed and dumped, unfortunately, because we do not operate in that country. Whereas if you're yeah. residing in your own country, you've got a little bit more of a uh, a chart. You know, uh, you can you can affect it a little bit more. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so Yo says, I have a return address in the US, but I simply can't find customer returns in unfulfillable. Have a look at voice of the customer, uh, Amazon mark those vendor return and dispose them. Okay, so again, what we were sp speaking about earlier, you obviously, as you're unfulfillable, you have it set as disposed. You Default need to, dispose. yeah, you have to change yeah. that. Yeah, your settings, yeah, your FDA settings. 
Yeah, so maybe if you want to contact, uh, drop Matt a quick message, you can show um, how you would do that and make that change. It's the same in the UK as it is in the US. Or yeah. if you can get it up now. Yeah, I know. You're, Matt's really good. Matt's a really good multitasker, actually. Whereas I would never look <laughs> it up on the, online and do it because I'd be like, no, I just want to check it's definitely right. Um, I'll carry on with the comments then. Um, yeah, Debbie said, I've had a lot of refunds in the last week, just a real mix. Mm. I agree. Funds have been really heavy uh, in the last week. It must be summer, summer remorse uh, for some reason. <laughs> Uh, just what David said is so true when we were talking about if Amazon take more responsibility for returns and things like that. You're absolutely right. Yeah, they're probably just going to pass the cost on to us. But I don't necessarily mind that as long as yeah, overall. Long as returns is such a big problem, isn't it? Mm. Definitely. Uh, sorry, I thought you were going to talk for longer then. That's why I was That's drinking. Just as said, I've changed my repricing rules down uh, since last year and massively reduced down age stock. It's still a little flurry of returns this week here, though. Yeah, so again, do you know what? I think there's no coincidences in this type of business. We usually find what we're experiencing, everyone else's experiences as well. Like I said, returns have been through the roof. Mm. Um, you know, yesterday, day before in particular, but all week they've been a bit funky. So, you know, it looks like most people are experiencing it as well. Um, Jess says, is there a, uh, I'm just chucking stuff at you now, Matt. Is there a report to download order age inventory uh, and then provide it to the accountants? Question. Yes. Uh, I'll tell you what, I'll, I'll show you that on, on the hive tonight because I know you're in the hive. So I'll, um, Find that for you in the hive. Uh, right, can I share this? There we go. Um, um, are you going to let me? Oh, do you want to share screen? Yeah, is this going to work? Is that sharing? Uh, yeah. Cool. Yeah, so you go on to settings and FBA settings. Scroll down to where you've got automated fulfillable settings uh, and make sure that you've got your removal option, return or dispose, liquidate set to return and then your inventory age um, there. And then you can also have your automated weekly returns for unfulfillable. So this is your aged inventory and unfulfillable inventory in terms of like listings are deleted. And this is this is all like your returns and stuff like that. So that's your fulfillable inventory and that's your unfulfillable inventory. So you make sure so we've got return or dispose uh, and also return or dispose or liquidate to so make sure they're both set to return. Cool. Thanks for that. Uh, just say that again. Just talk through it just for anyone that's listening on the podcast. Obviously, they're not going to see the screen share. Yeah. So, so, yeah. so you go into your settings, um, yeah. fulfillment by Amazon, and then you scroll down to where you've got your automated unfulfillable settings and automated fulfillable settings. Just click edit and make sure they both say return rather than dispose. Unless you do want to dispose of them, then leave them as dispose. No, Yo's saying I have no dispose option, but to return. That's interesting. Check your address. Is your address definitely valid? Is your, have you got it? And then another thing I could think of is that you may need to double check your address is assigned correctly to your Amazon uh, marketplace. Is your US account your main account? Depends if it's your main account. But um, I guess another thing, if you if you 
aren't, if it isn't working, just reach out to someone's support and find out why. Um, yeah, if it, you know if, what? If it's now correctly and you've got your return address and your return address settings and, and it isn't, then I'd reach out to someone's support and say, what on earth is going on? Sometimes when people reach out for help, um, which is a lot, um, but it sounds like when you say the response, reach out to sell us, it sounds like you're trying to get rid of them or passing the bunk or passing no, the buck or whatever. But sometimes it is the it's the only thing it's the sensible thing to do. You know, you might get yeah. the person that knows what they're talking about. Obviously, but, I, yeah. I, I can't see your account to say because, you know, this is this, this is this, um, you know, so support will just log in and go, yeah, it's because of this. Well, hopefully they will. <laughs> oh, Cindy, absolutely <laughs> right. We, we will do anything not to have to message Seller Central. I, I totally get it uh, for sure. Uh, so a few other people have joined us afternoon, everyone. Oh, Sean's saying, where is Emma these days? I don't know. I haven't seen her in ages. Hopefully she's okay. I'm sure mm -hmm. she is. Um, you know, I, I think it's in the run-up to Q4. So obviously everyone's busy being away and, you know, probably getting ready for that. So uh, hopefully she'll pop up again soon and uh, we'll see her around. Uh, Jonathan said, I've got an item stuck in chat. Uh, you guys are really chatty today. Lots of questions. <laughs> I love it. Uh, I had loads to talk about, but obviously the questions <laughs> just are just <laughs> Fire them in. Come on. <laughs> yeah, no, it's good. It's good. Um, Jonathan says, I've got an item stuck in Germany. I can't dispose of it or get returned as I only sell in the UK, gaining fees monthly. Not sure what to do. I Luckily, don't know why you can't dispose of it. You should be able to dispose yeah, of it. Yeah, I should be able but to. Yeah, you would lose returned, it? Maybe, yeah, I don't it know. It should be able to be disposed of. Um, just click into the item and then um, create a disposal order. Um for, for EU inventory, you have to have an address inside um, mainland Europe. Ireland, I'm not sure if Southern Ireland counts. I think it does, but um, some people have had issues with Southern Ireland, so it has to be mainland Europe. So it can be anywhere. Just so if you're in Germany, it doesn't have to be in Germany. It can be France, Spain, Italy. Amazon will remove it to any European country, but they will not return it to the UK. It has to be an EU address. So you'll need to get either somebody inside the EU, your prep center, if you've got one like that, something like that, or a um, uh, you have to appoint a third-party service to take your returns in for you and then send them back to you or, or refurbish them, reprocess them, whatever you want to do. But yeah, it's got to be inside. Um, it's, it says as well, it says, I've got it stuck in the EU since Brexit, over a year's old. Keep telling me we can't dispose the item. Uh, and give them permission to do so won't even let me send to an eu address right that definitely sounds like a, a, that's not i don't know if it's just just a, that particular item uh, again just if it's a hazmat item that might be why you can't get it returned because hazmat items sometimes can't be returned until they're taken out of hazmat status grocery. Um, they're very funny about grocery. groceries but... but as a general rule that should apply but in i think in this particular item you're going to have to speak sell support and get them and keep pushing them to do something on it yeah, there's Escalate no reason why it's it's to those. I would have escalated it to managing director by now. So, um, you know, if you haven't done so already, uh, the great thing about managing director, I mean, yeah, going to have a little moan. It's not as good as it used to be. They used to resolve, but obviously yeah. more people like us start telling people about it. So obviously, and you know, they got inundated down again. I've noticed that. They'll only, exactly. they'll only deal with a case. So managing director team, bit of an update on this one as well. You'll have to now have have had a case open with seller support. Otherwise, they literally just bash it back down and say, please, oh, yeah, totally. I'll open a case for you. So 
you have to basically exhausted all options. Don't just go straight to MD team anymore. It won't work. Yeah, definitely from my advice, uh, advice point of view, I, I would always recommend you have to be knocked back at least twice by Cell Essential. So you can you can use that in part of your email. But obviously, the way that you deal with managing director is different into the way that you deal with Cell Essential. You need to make it clear that you've had this communication with Cell Essential for X amount of time. It's not being resolved. And therefore, this is the reason why I'm escalating it to the man managing director team to be able to get it um, you know, resolved. And then you almost have to lay out your evidence. It's, it's like presenting a court case. Uh, as a lawyer would present a court case in evidentiary, you know, in evidential support, um, you have to lay out exactly the reasons, you know, what you've done, what you need them to do, uh, because they only get X amount of time to deal with things. So, um, you know, the more information you can relevant and to the point information in which I know is ironic coming from someone like me. Um, but you have to be to the point, relevant, don't babble, don't waffle. This has happened. This is what I need to happen. This is what I've done to resolve it, which hasn't happened. What can you do? Yeah. Can you do that? And always tell them what to do. You know, yeah. I need this done. And also That's always re reattach all the evidence, even if the evidence is in a case already, reattach mm -hmm. all the evidence as if it's... Because remember, the person who, like you say, who's, who's reading this has probably never seen um, the case before, so they obviously don't know what's going on. Um, and they haven't got time to go through like loads and loads of messages. So you've basically got to redo re the whole case in a short format. Yeah, like you said, they've said this. I need this. This isn't happening. You know, literally mm -hmm. like like a court case, like you say. Uh, the address, Sean, is managing director at Amazon.co.uk. So uh, that's who you need or to Or the whole of Europe as well, FYI. Um, there is a different one for America, but for the whole of Europe, you can use the UK one. Yeah, for America, it's just simply Jeff at Amazon.com. Yeah. So uh, for America, but you can use the UK one for Europe, right? You can use Yeah, yeah. I use the UK one for European cases um, as a yeah. UK seller. I don't know if there is like one for .de or .com .be. There must be. There probably is, but I guess um, you're guaranteed to speak somebody English if you do. Um, and if, and if yes, not, generally, it's just forwarded on to the right team anyway, so... Yeah, that's the other frustrating, one of the frustrating parts that you kind of have to get over and understand and, and, and accept, have your expectations managed a little bit when you're dealing with things like Europe. It's like if you get account health issue in Europe, if you can't press the call it now button to speak to someone. It's only available in French, yeah, we've had that before. <laughs> yeah, so it's, you know, there's certain things you can and certain things you can't do uh, in certain marketplaces. So, you know, take it all into account. Always appeal, always try, uh, definitely. But if you're building up, because what could happen in that case, uh, Sean, is it could actually get to a point where it could become because you've got an unpaid balance, your account could get deactivated. Then if you decide that you want to um, sell in America or get a brand registry at some point, actually, believe it or not, that can have a really big impact on whether or not you can open another account or do this or do that. So you've always got to don't leave anything unresolved on Amazon. You've always got to try and resolve it as much as possible. Yeah, second that, yeah, because you can't you can't get brand brand registry with if any of your accounts are suspended. There's lots of any any of these kind of programs. Um so Amazon Renewed, um um 
uh, can't sell and what's the grocery one subscribe and save some of them we've got to be any kind of program that requires approval if your account is suspended in any marketplace you won't get it yeah definitely yes so there you go you're having to pay transfer wise so yeah you need to try and get it resolved as much as possible and it is massively annoying i'm not trying to say it's easy or anything like that it's not but just Resilience, uh, obviously, on Amazon is the is sometimes is the only way to get a reward. Yeah. yeah, exactly. When it comes to it, uh, I love Cindy's advice. I'm definitely going to go for that. Ask ChatGPT to write a letter to a five year old who speaks another language, and and that's what it's like dealing with Seller Central. Yeah, yeah it uh, is for sure. Um, so just going back, God, yeah, like I said, loads of comments today, guys. We love it when you are chit-chatting with us but i also feel that this is definitely part of the run-up to q4 i think people are checking back in like over the summer everyone was a bit quiet everyone's a bit you know in living their best summer lives on holiday you know that type of thing it's a bit quiet it's a bit that i i get the buzz of you i definitely get the feel of people are, are starting to get back in it's just 11 days until q4 starts if, if you can believe wow. it not that it's going to go mental in 11 days it's not um but at the same time we are like literally we're there's not a conversation i have with anyone now that doesn't revolve around q4 and so we are in full-on q4 and i have i think this one's going to be a real good one because unlike most years amazon's got an extra prime day this year in october now the july Mm. prime day was a surprise this year now it's usually good, but this year was really standout, really successful. So you could well have a mega Q, Q4 because you could have a bumper October and then a bumper November. And then obviously December sells itself. So rather than just having all your sales, I think Amazon has learned to try and spread some of the sales out because that was the big problem with Black Friday. It crunched all the sales into one weekend and all the couriers fell apart. You know, it, everything, they couldn't, couldn't cope with the volume of orders. So I think Amazon's trying to smooth out that demand. And as a result, I reckon people might buy more stuff this year. So it could well mm-hmm. be a bit key for ever. Cost of living crisis, smoshed of schmivings crisis, more like. <laughs> I went to West Key, one of your favorite haunts, uh, yeah, Matt. Yeah, I went to West Key on Saturday. And the place was heaving heaving now the southampton boat show was on obviously as well so that did have a little bit of an impact obviously but to be fair they weren't in west key they were at the boat show um so but southampton was absolutely packed you know and it's like i know it's a massive shopping center i know if people are gonna go shopping it's like go hard or go home they want to go to a big shopping (laughs) center but it really surprised me you know, at the amount of people that were in there spending money, you know, in the John Lewis's and 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 things like that. So it was, yeah, it really surprised me. I kind of thought it would be a little bit quiet. Um, so yeah, I think people are already hitting the shops, and I think we are going to go into Christmas mode. Uh, <laughs> I'm already in Christmas mode, but I think the rest of the rest of you. <laughs> are going to go into Christmas mode uh, a lot earlier this year, for sure. Yeah, agreed, agreed. Yeah, uh, minimum order quantities going, uh, small and light going, you know, poor Johnny. 
you know, he's having he's having a mare with with all of these things going, being a high volume, you know, wholesale seller, um, you know, being hit hard in the business. But he did a great session on Sunday in the Hive about, you know, some of these impacts that are happening uh, in the business and how he as a business is looking to combat them and the changes that he needs to make in his business. So, um, you know, getting yeah. that insight. Yeah, in that's, the hive. A, that's a really that's what I say, that's a really great thing about the hive as well is that um we're teaching the thing is is that amazon evolves and changes all the time you know uh, unlike a, a more traditional business where you have more control amazon amazon sets the directory and amazon does what's best for amazon and you have to adapt to that you have to change and you have to make sure your business works in 2023 and into 2024 the things that we used to say, tell people to do, you know, go and do the Argos three for two, like five years ago, that was, you know, the thing to do in Q4. You can't do it anymore because Argos won't allow bulk buying. Um, Boots is stopping bulk buying. So you've got to come up with new strategies, new ways to evolve. Otherwise, unfortunately, your business will die. Uh, and that's what yeah. we, we do in the Hive. We were always teaching, you know, up-to-date information, the latest things we're saying, you know, this is how you need to adapt your business to be successful in 2023 and 2024. And genuinely, this is, you know, hand on heart, God's honest truth. I have never been more excited about the prospects of earning uh, and building a business, earning a, uh, an income, building whatever you want to call it, uh, than I am right now at this time in the middle of a cost of living crisis in the middle of, you know, a time when it is perceived to be, you know, in a bear market, essentially. So, um, you know, that that goes to prove I, I've never been as excited or enthusiastic for people that are literally going to adapt um, and evolve to these changes. Like Andrew said, as the platform change, we need to move on and not complain. Uh, yeah. I completely agree. And also Andrew's saying there as well, which is a really good indication. Uh, Andrew's a phenomenal eBay seller. And, um, you know, buying on eBay, people are buying collectibles. They're buying the sort of thing that, you know, we are being led to believe that people shouldn't be buying uh, right now because we're in a cost of living. Uh, don't get me wrong. I don't know where the money's coming from. Um, but... <laughs> I don't, and and I don't think it has truly. I'm not making light of it, by the way, guys. I hope you don't think that's not what I'm doing. I don't think we've truly hit it. There's this mortgage bomb that's going to be coming, yeah, uh, but it's certainly, yeah, it's not going to. I don't think it's going to impact on this Q4 2024. Yeah, it could. That could be the year when we could be seeing the biggest impact because everything, you know, it it it, it takes its time um to you know to trickle down essentially so we could be seeing it then but we would have moved on we would have adapted we would yeah. have changed and we would be all building businesses uh away from the norm like i said if you think that you can do what you were doing three years ago absolutely not you need to adapt change move evolve you know pivot you need to be fluid um if you are stiff and you don't want to move then uh this isn't the business for you <laughs> No. Yeah, that's an interesting one about interest rates. I heard they were done, you know, with all my big connections in the Bank of England, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> Not reading the Daily Mail. <laughs> I, I I would be surprised if there's another um, rate rise, to be honest. Now inflation seems to be stabilising. Because I think, I think 
with elections coming up soon, I'm not sure. I'm not sure exactly when it is. It's within the next two years, though, isn't it? The next general election. People don't. They the government do not want people. Um, they they already know that they are in a precarious position, and they do not want to be squeezing people further. Um, you know, from a from a rate rise and making them poorer because that's not very vote winning. And I know the Bank of England is supposed to be independent, but let's face it. The government says says do this. I'm pretty sure the Bank of England do what the government really say, even though they're independent. Yeah, absolutely. Let's not let's not start a political conversation. Let's not start a political this, conversation. This, but, yeah, uh, it will it will go one way or another. But it is important. I think you could be right, Sean. If anything, there'll be another quarter percent, something like that. Which at this stage, the people that are going to be in trouble actually probably quarter percent isn't going to make that much of a difference. Um, you know, at this point, it's your mortgage prisoners, the people that are trapped, um, that are unable to remortgage because, you know, they borrowed, they over leveraged themselves earlier on at that point. Um, I get what you're saying, obviously, about why people over leverage themselves and buy a big house and do this and do that. It's because we were in such, personally, this is how I feel about it. We were in such an unprecedented time of um, low interest rates, 15 years of mm. almost above you know percentage points above the base rate what's really interesting is i'm going to be really interested to see where the housing market goes over the next five to ten years because you've got a lot of people that have never experienced four five six percent interest rates with mortgages that have certainly you know come into a period of time if you think about someone who's eligible to buy a house now at 18 years old um they're not going to remember six percent interest they were three the only time that they're probably going to be aware of that kind of stuff my oldest child is nearly 13 he didn't know what an interest rate is he doesn't know what they are even now so it's probably yeah. you know only impacting on people so they're all of a sudden thinking we've been in such a long they think interest rates at that level are normal but actually they're not this is the normal that we're coming back into yes they're going to be a little bit higher they're not going to stay at this forever they'll probably come back down to three four percent something like that at some point in the future and that will be the the new normal hopefully um but it's it how are people going to adapt to that i think that that's going to be the interesting i, I, thing, I think there's going to be there's going to be there's going to be big rises on certain properties. Um, I think the traditional sort of six bedroom, you know, the very aspirational private road, six bedroom house is going to be the value of that will fall off a cliff because those who've got kids who've moved out will, will want to sell to reduce the mortgage. People won't be able to, to mortgage up to buy those. There'll be big, big price increases in sort of your three and four bedroom houses because people will go with the look. I can't afford my £1,700 a month mortgage. Let's let's sell the six-bedroom. Let's get a four-bedroom because we don't actually need six bedrooms because there's only three of us in the house. And let's let's save £500 a month. And those prices are going to go through the roof. A starter homes are still going to be in demand because people still need to get on the ladder. And again, people may still downsize. Again, three, if you've got a four-bedroom house, there's just two of you, your kids have moved out, get a three-bedroom, get a two-bedroom even, save some money. Um, so I do think that certain houses are going to be massively increased in price and others are going to be very very see big falls the six bedroom sort of private road houses will be my prediction 
Yeah, absolutely. I remember the impact of negative equity. I mean, if you ask the 21 year old now what negative equity is, they probably sort of like think it's some sort of like dating show on Netflix or something <laughs> like that. Yeah, literally. Um, they, they literally, I, I, you know, I'm just about young enough. Uh, I knew the impact it had on my parents, but obviously didn't experience it myself. Um, so, yeah, the, if that sort of terminology comes back in, then, you know, people are going to be in for a real shock. I totally miss self-certified as well. Uh, you know, it's <laughs> self-certified. But that was in the wild, wild west, you know, uh, back in the days of the wild, wild west of... Uh, I bet, do you know what? I can't see who whose comment that is. I really wouldn't be surprised if that's Matt Cromie that says, I miss self-cert. <laughs> uh, we used to love a self-cert mortgage. Um, and again, 9% for a self-certified mortgage in 1997 so we first started buying houses in the early 2000s and you could literally say whatever you want and they would give you a mortgage for every whatever you want but you had to pay percentage to say it uh who said it i can't i can't see the name if it's me that said that lol i don't know who it was uh who actually said it um, but if it is you matt chromium which i'm not sure you shouldn't be looking at screens anyway I told you, don't don't look at screens. It's bad for your eyes. Oh, Debbie said it. Oh, okay. That's Debbie fine. said it, yeah. <laughs> That's fine. Thanks. By the way, Claire, I love your comment about uh, the returns and your wife and, and everything like that. We've all been there. We've all been in there, you know, with the, uh, with the other half uh, in terms of, you know, getting that stock back in. I've got my little corner of shame. But again, we had another great, um, I think it was two weeks ago, uh yeah it was two weeks ago we had a really great session on the hive where we talked about clearing your corner of mm -hmm. shame and a couple of tips and tricks to be able to do that um so that was well worth it matt i see that you put the offer up on the hive uh you know never mind the buy box is never to sell anything to anyone uh you know we're here just to chat about one amazon it's there if you want it uh but obviously i will say when we said we weren't gonna, we're not going to do a big you know kind of uh, fire sale or anything like that but there's going to be some big changes on the hive uh over at the start of october and um access is going to be restricted to certain areas i mean if you're in you're in it's fine you're not yeah, affected yeah, yeah. but for anyone that wants to join the hive after the first of october if you're one of those people thinking oh i'm going to wait for all the information to go in then i'm going to join uh the hive because we want to really be able to you know reward uh, members that have been with us for a long time, um, you know, we are going to start, um, you know, getting a bit more restrictive with the information that is going to be available uh, moving forward. So um, the date we're going to do that on the 1st of October. So if you want to join the Hive and you haven't already, please make sure you do so and you will get access to everything at this stage for the price that it currently is. Yeah. Do you know what? I've been talking for an hour and I realize my mic's not plugged in. Oh, you sound fine. Okay. I, didn't I think it's because it's on the laptop, so it, it's obviously it's all right. Good. Sounds fine. Yeah, it sounds fine. <laughs> yeah. Typical, <laughs> typical. Uh, so, yeah, if you want, I like that. It was Debbie. Debbie said he did it. You know, Debbie, Debbie. Debbie. Uh, <laughs> thank you for clarifying, guys. Really appreciate it. So, I mean, yeah, we're, I mean, we're over the hour anyway. And like I said, we, we did have a lot to talk about, but I'm kind of glad that we talked to, uh, about what we did actually, because it feels like there was a lot of information, a few gold nuggets uh, that came out of there in terms for, um, you know, 
with what you do uh, with with everyone for what they can do in their businesses. But what I will say is, at this moment in time, just before we're heading into Q4, um, I just had a great session with someone. You know, I, I talked to very different sellers, and, and and a seller wanted to help, wanted me to help them with their Q4 goals. And this is going back to what Matt was saying earlier about, and we will, we, you know, we're going to start, especially over the next couple of weeks, really ramping up the chat uh, about Q4 and how you can really maximize it. And what's interested, uh, what's interesting is um, for the first time ever, I really pushed this person to, to set some really quite um, big goals for Q4 and it's the first time I've felt really comfortable doing it over the last few years. And I think that's because this is the first time in about three years. And bearing in mind, taking into account with COVID, because we didn't know what was going to happen, Brexit. We didn't know what was going to happen after that. I just feel like this is the first year. I kind of feel like it's going to be a really good Q Q4. I've not gone into everyone previously I just, I wasn't saying I thought it was going to be bad. I just didn't know what was going to happen. Yeah. Whereas this one, yeah. I just feel it's going to be a good for a good good cue. I feel it in my waters. Yes, I know yes. what you mean. I know what you mean. <laughs> yeah. So let us know, guys. Is is it just us? Are we deluded? Are we in denial? Um, you know, I just feel it's going to be a good Q4 this year. Definitely, it feels like it is. That that's that's what it feels like. Um, hi, Andre. Andre's joined us as well, giving us some hands and hello hands. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't know what they actually mean. Pray hands and praise, I think they are. So, yeah, always, always good to see. But, yeah, so if you do want to join the Hive, now is the time uh, to do it for sure. Uh, next week I've got a guest on. I'm not sure who it is, but I definitely know that I do have a guest on. Uh, next week so we're going to be talking about all kind of e-com uh, and amazon stuff and then obviously after that we are literally after next week we're on the countdown for q4 so probably come the start of october that's when we will be um that's when we will be kicking in full, full q4 mode so yeah yeah it's gonna yeah. be great it's gonna be great i know really looking forward to it okay guys well thanks for your time as always uh you guys like i said really interactive today lots of comments i feel everyone's really really up for everything so um you know i can tell that just by the comments that are coming through and people's participation and interaction so um yeah let's keep it going guys let's keep it going over the next few weeks as we go into the exciting time because this is the time to enjoy being an amazon seller well, not quite yet, but, you know, not quite yet. Uh, check my DM. Who said that? I'm not sure. Not sure. <laughs> Again, I can't see whose name it is. Debbie, is that you? <laughs> I'm assuming it's going to be Debbie uh, because that was the last person uh, who – oh, Ramel. Okay, thank you, Ramel. <laughs> Okay, I will. I haven't. I haven't checked. Uh, I haven't checked DMs yet today, so uh, I haven't had a, a minute spare. Honestly, Matt off with his op. Actually, by the way, I say with his op, it sounds really dodgy because you guys are like, oh, what's he had done? That's a bit. He had laser <laughs> eye surgery, so when I say he's off, it's not like major surgery or anything like that. But obviously, ninety percent of the work that he does is on a computer screen, and I've said I'm not paying out this money for this op. 
and for you to potentially damage it. So I've banned him from work for a week. So, um, you know, that's that's why I don't want him on any type of computer screens or, or anything like that at all. <laughs> Debbie says it's not me. Sorry, I'm just going to assume it's it's always you now, Debbie. So, <laughs> Debbie yeah. Uh, yeah, so it, sorry, it's a busy week for me, guys, with uh, with me doing the lion's share of the work. And, of course, it couldn't be a martyr about it. I have to let him know every five minutes, of course. Right, so um, thanks, Cindy. Appreciate it. See you later, guys. Have a good week. Keep posting. Yeah. Get preparing. This is the time, like I said, to get excited about being an Amazon seller because it's coming into Q4 and it's going to be a good one. So thank you it's for joining us. Yeah, really appreciate it. Cool. We'll see you right. soon. <laughs> see, you later. Yep. see you later. See you later. I didn't know we were going. Right, see you later. No, see you later, bye.